Question for you. Who is your nemesis? It's a big question. You may be thinking, nemesis? I'm not a superhero. Trust me, everyone has one. A nemesis is that individual who has caused or continued to cause us pain, suffering, or anger. A nemesis is like an arch enemy. We think of an enemy, general, love your enemies. The idea is pretty, pretty out there, pretty generic. Oh, the enemies, those guys. Yeah, I stay away from them. I don't interact with my enemies a lot. It's not very specific. A nemesis is known. Someone we can picture. I want us to take a moment and think of our nemesis, someone who fits that description, that one person we struggle to think about without getting angry, without hatred boiling up, that person who angers us so much and makes us sick. So think about it for a moment, that nemesis. Okay, do you have that person in mind, or perhaps persons? Nemesis is the number one, though, the number one big baddie. Okay, good. Now let us revisit the gospel we just heard. Uh, So let's see. Jesus, he says, Jesus says to his disciples, so that's us, we're his disciples. He's talking directly to us, really. That's good, we got that. Okay, Jesus says to his disciples, to you who hear, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Wait a minute. Jesus is telling us to love our enemies, to love our enemies, not to tolerate, not to passively accept, but to actually love our enemies. Jesus is telling us to love our nemesis, that person, our arch enemy. That's crazy. Everything else in the world tells us don't do that. That's a bad idea. Not only is he telling us, his disciples, Christians, those who believe in Christ, who call themselves followers of Christ, in every way, in every aspect of our lives, to love our enemies, but he's telling us to wish the good upon them, to bless them, and to pray for them. That's wild. We need to respect that, that reality. How many of you think that's difficult? Yeah, I do. I find it very difficult. It's a constant struggle. But this is at the center of our faith, as a Christian people united in Christ. As we are forgiven, as we strive to imitate Christ, we are commissioned to love others to the extent of loving those who oppose us and cause us suffering in the same way that we are loved by God. Jesus is telling us to love our nemesis. Considering the gravity uh, of his command, we cannot take this for granted. And of course, our culture tells us revenge is good. I love a good revenge movie. There's a catharsis, a kind of excitement when you see someone get their comeuppance. Justice has been served. Uh, And it's interesting, in the first reading we hear, after Saul is trying to kill David unjustly because of envy and fear, David sneaks into his his cave where he's staying, where he's going out to kill David. David gets the the one-up on him, and he sneaks into his cave while he's sleeping. And he's there. He could have killed Saul, the king. And he's got Abathai there, like this bloodthirsty Batman. He's like, David, I can do it. Just one thrust. I don't need two. (laughs) David's like, Abathai, you got to take five. You're a madman. Get out of here. And he shows Saul that mercy. He recognizes that that is not of God. 
He leaves a spear next to Saul's head where he shows, I gave you mercy. I've shown you mercy, not according to me, but according to God. But you may be thinking, okay, that's a weird, that's a very specific situation. It's like it's easy to, okay, like, biblically, you know, David's this great king. Um, he's God's chosen one. It's fine, whatever. But here's a more intense story I want you to think of, a little more close to home. Back in 2001, there was uh, uh, an accident that turned into manslaughter and eventually murder where a woman, she was an assistant nurse, or an assistant to a nurse, uh, hit a man who was then lodged in her, uh, the, the, the front screen, her windshield. And she drove home with this man. He was still alive. And out of fear and worry, she kept him in her garage many days as he begged and pleaded, please call someone, please call the hospital. And eventually, when he passed away a couple days later, she had uh, her cousin and some friends come. They, they took his body to uh, the park, left it there, and then dismantled and burned as much as they could the car to get rid of any evidence. Months later, she ended up uh, revealing that she had essentially let this man die, hit him, and then let him die, uh, and was bragging about it, kind of joking about it. It's a despicable, diabolical thing to do. And this was how they found out that she'd done it. She went to court for this. It was found out that she could have saved him, uh, that his, his injuries weren't fatal enough where they couldn't have been uh, taken care of in the moment. Um, and this man had a son. He was homeless, but he had a son. And famously, after she was convicted, uh, he went and said, I want to extend my forgiveness, forgiveness to this woman. Like publicly, he said that. And I'm praying for the family of the one who killed my, my father. It's such a powerful act of forgiveness. She didn't care. She was very unremorseful, very upset, very vindictive, and very poisonous towards the whole situation. Of course. But he extended that forgiveness, not expecting anything in return, but just because he wanted to forgive, to love her, even as she'd done this great evil upon his father. It is important that we respect how difficult this is. It's so easy for us to get wrapped up in that anger, that rage, to get in, into that mental state of justice, that this justice must be served for this person who's done me wrong, this person who is my enemy. What Jesus is calling us to, however, is active charity, the virtue of God's love present in our lives. This is an active love of God in and through others. This means that in our faith, we are called to recognize God's love present within us, but most especially for us, and then in return, to love God. This is done by loving others in the same way God loves us. How does God love us? Unconditionally. Through the Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, God the Father has opened up salvation to all believers, regardless of origin, imperfection, or past sins. God's love does not discriminate. And the value he has placed upon our heads is immeasurable. In order to live an active faith, it is essential that we recognize God's great love for us. This does not happen once and forever. We continually recognize God's love for us throughout our lives because his love for us is infinite, meaning it is everlasting. It does not end. So the first, stop, first step to loving our enemy is realizing God's love for us. Next, we actually need to learn how to love ourselves according to that, God, or that love God has for us. Each and every one of us has something we don't like about ourselves. Perhaps it is a bad habit that we have, a certain characteristic, or the way we sound or look. 
We all have insecurities. We may regret past actions and struggle to forgive ourselves in the present. If we struggle to accept ourselves, to love ourselves, how can we possibly love other people, let alone our nemesis? In light of this, we are called to love ourselves well, the good, the bad, and the ugly, just as God loves us. This doesn't mean that we will always like everything about ourselves or about what we do, or that we are not called to grow to be the best person that God made us to be, but that we are, uh, but it means that we are to recognize our goodness and our value in the eyes of God. A quick sidebar before we go on to actually loving our nemesis, I think it's important to actually distinguish between liking someone and loving someone. To like someone means to find them pleasant. I may like someone because we have a similar interest uh, in hobbies or a similar viewpoint. For example, if someone were to give me a Baconator from Wendy's, I would really like that, and I would like them by extension. In the moment, because I think Baconators are delicious. And it would be pleasing to me to receive a free hamburger. However, this is not love. (laughs) Love cannot be based on Baconators. It's just not possible. Love is not a reaction or just a feeling, but an active and intentional desire for the good of another person. Authentic love persists through all challenges, struggles, and emotions. Love recognizes the dignity and good of another person, regardless of who they are, and desires the good for them, for themselves, even if that love is not returned. This does not mean that we are to engage in toxic or unhealthy relationships, since sometimes love requires that we speak difficult truths or put up healthy boundaries. But this does mean that love uh, love desires the good of the other and does not give way to hatred or wrath, of violence or pain. True love turned into charity recognizes God's love for us and seeks to imitate it actively in our lives. To be clear, we are not called to like everyone. That's impossible, since whether or not we like someone is a reaction that is out of our control. But we are called to love everyone. Finally, we arrive at the most difficult aspect of Christ's command to love our enemies, our nemesis. By recognizing God's love for us and in turn our own value, we are able to love ourselves, yes. But this love is not static or passive. It is an active love. As such, it is a love that cannot be contained and extends beyond just ourselves and the people we like to those we dislike or struggle with or disagree with. This extends to those who have hurt us or continue to wound us. This is extremely difficult to love our nemesis, to love our enemies and forgive those who have wounded us. But it is a sign of a grace-filled Christian and one whose life has been transformed in such a way that they can love and forgive even their greatest enemy just as they are loved and forgiven by God. Brothers and sisters, we say as much every time we pray the Our Father. When we say, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Forgive us, Lord, in as much as we have forgiven others because we have been forgiven. We know of God's love. We are able to love because we are loved. We are hypocrites if we receive the mercy of God extended to us in our salvation and at the same time withhold forgiveness from others. 
Now, this doesn't mean that we condone the sinful actions of others or that we ignore the wounds, the great wounds caused by unjust, unjust actions. But it does mean that we return evil with good. Evil is overcome with good. Hatred is overcome with love. As Jesus says, For if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For if you love those who, uh, who love even sinners love those who love them. There is no grace in loving when it is easy or being kind to those who are kind to us. God's grace is active in loving our nemesis, in loving those thought to be unlovable. As homework for this week, I want us to spend some time struggling with this teaching in prayer, because it is a struggle. As painful as it may be, I encourage us to reflect on those who have wounded us in any way, anyone who we have not truly forgiven, and to think about who our nemesis is. Then after reflection, let us pray to God for the grace of charity so that we may love our enemies as God has and continues to love us. Amen.